Football Podcast. It's Ethan Huffman speaking, and today I'm joined by Elkin Beltry. Elkin, good to see you, my man. It's been a, been far too long. Obviously, when we have this little little break before football comes back, we don't really have like that, that hard kind of scheduling conflict where we're always trying to get done so we can casually watch some some football. But now we got, like I said, talked about it last week with Richard. We got that we got that soft schedule back now. We 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 got to get done before the the uh the one o'clock eastern game start 10 o'clock out here so you know here we go southeast division preview elkin we're we're, he- we're in it how, how you been though let's talk about yeah, that first. i've been i've been good good to be back good to be back uh had some interesting times had to uh, get the young king for those of you who don't know the young king is my son had to get him quarantined for a little bit so stayed at home and just was brought back my days of being a stay-at-home dad, but besides that, definitely good. Great to be back on the pod, and we've had such a lull in that I call it the our moratorium before the preseason starts. We were kind of just like, what do we talk about? What do we do? But here we are, Southeast Division. Yeah, it's just a preparation time, right? Trying to figure out who and and what is going to be good and effective this coming season. You know, like there's probably still some you know fringe moves we made. Keep like keep in mind like a guy like JJ Reddick still available. I think he's someone who's going to wait and kind of see how teams are looking before he signs because like he's probably a minimum guy at this stage and unless someone just like hasn't used their mid level and like wants to kind of entice him with that kind of thing or at the mini mid level, probably more specifically because I wouldn't give a mid level to JJ Reddick, especially because I, well, I don't think he's that good. He's still a good shooter, obviously, but regardless, there's still some moves to be made on the periphery. And I think we'll, we might as well start with Miami heat. Cause that's a team I definitely think has still some moves to be made. You know, the heat last year, 40 and 32 is a record. The, the over under this year, keep in mind a two game season this year again is 48 and a half. Um, Add Kyle Lowry, lose Prestachua and Goran Dragic. Um, add Markeith Morris. Um, add Kale Martin on a two-way. Uh, P.J. Tucker from the champion Bucks over here to be our starting power forward now. Um, Kendrick Nunn, though, gone. So, you know, frustration in terms of, like, some of his shot selection. But a, a solid backup point guard, undoubtedly. So, again, this team, this team really, I would say, didn't change their personality a whole lot. But they definitely added good defense. Every player that they added has had at least um, had moments of being a really solid defender. Um, even that is including Marcus Markeith Morris, who closed a lot of games uh, just two seasons ago in the bubble finals. Yeah, and looking at this team, and I was going to ask you, I mean, you guys essentially trade out a season point guard for another season point guard. At this point of the careers, I, from what I gather, kind of just feeling out what you've been saying kind of the last few weeks, I kind of feel like you're comfortable having Kyle Lowry over one Goran Dragic at, their, at this point of their careers. Yeah, I love Goran Dragic. I, I don't think Kyle Lowry will play in a Heat uniform long enough to surpass him as the best point guard. I mean, other than LeBron or, or even if Dwayne Wade, you want, if you want to call one of those guys point guards, they're better. But other than that, uh, Goran Dragic, best point guard in Miami Heat history. And I'll say that with my chest and proudly. Um, but Kyle Lowry's a better player right now. Kyle Lowry's a great player. He's going to be a much better defender. Like, he's someone who can hold up. Um, he, he, I think, statistically, he's a better three-point shooter. I mean, Goron's been getting better at that. I mean, every, every stage of his career, it seems. So, like, there, there's no no slights here. And then, like, ultimately, like, he, if you're talking about, like, some intangibles, Goron definitely has them. Like, Goron's a, a great clutch player, my personal opinion. But Kyle Lowry, after, you know, some of the woes when him and DeRozan were together, they, you know, Kawhi, Kawhi like gave gave a piece of the clutchness to Kyle Lowry, and Kyle Lowry uh, carried the mantle, and I, I think is held held true that um, 
basically ever since that that kind of turnaround uh, season for like the the Raptors mentality in general. So I'm excited for Kyle Lowry. Um, I definitely think there's a lot more to be done when we when we're talking about depth at that guard position. Like right now, there's a guy named Drew Smith, Evansville's own, um, here on the roster. He's probably vying for that like kind of third point guard role. And it's weird because like you got Jimmy Butler, who's kind of like a, a a point forward. You got Bam, who's kind of a point center. Like, do you really need a point guard? And the answer is no. But I would like to have, I mean, Ishmith is not the perfect example, but I'd love to have like a seasoned backup point guard, third string point guard, just for when Kyle Lowry needs a rest day, when Jimmy Butler needs a rest day, and Kyle will be off the court for phases. Because as much as I think Tyler Hero did just kind of have a sophomore slump, and that's not indicative of how his career will go in the entire thing, I think he will be closer to what he was in his rookie year like into perpetuity than he will be whatever he was last year. I, I would just really like, really like to see another guard out here to kind of help offensive flow. Yeah. I kind of, from what I saw in their games last season, I didn't get to watch many, but if it felt like if there were spells in which when they didn't have Bam out there on the floor or when Jimmy was injured and then they finally had to give a breather to Goran, it was like the offense was just stuck in mud. It's like they didn't know what to do, how to get the ball moving. You guys had some shooters on the court, but it's like, how do we get them the ball? Because none of the shooters can create on their own. And that seemed like to be one of the biggest issues that the Heat had. And I'm sure you guys will get frustrated with Krendrick Nunn, even though he had his time when he was out. But I look at it, because right now on the depth chart that we have, we have Kyle Lowry, and then we have Gabe Vincent kind of there. I mean, Tyler Hero, Victor Oladipo is not, probably not going to play the regular season at all and I'm kind of looking at what are you guys going to do and it might just be that Spolster is going to be like all right we're going to make sure to have one of these three guys out there at all times so we have one type of offensive creator one type of playmaker out there at least yeah but so you run into the theoretical problem that if I mean it doesn't have to be a catastrophic injury like knock on wood but if it's even just like a you know Bam's a slender big like he just gets he gets smacked in the chest by Clint Capella one week, and he's got to take a couple games off because he's like, just you know, got beat up. Like that, that can happen. And so I'm, I'm just nervous that that so much playmaking uh, responsibility is going to be on Bam, Jimmy, and Kyle. Where you want it to be there, but it would be really nice to have someone who can take a little bit of the burden off. And I think that's just the greater point. And I, I currently don't see that on the roster. I don't really necessarily see that even in available free agents, but. I do think there's there's still a mood to be made for the Heat, but I like I like their starting lineup a lot. I like Tyler Hero and Max Struess and Markeith Morris off the bench. I like Dwayne Dedman as your kind of drop big off the bench, and you know Omar Omar your your Stefan, he he's shown the ability to shoot a little bit, and all I know is the Heat have a nice little track record of developing some shooters lately between Duncan Struess and now hopefully Omar. So you know at the end of the day, I I, I like where the team's at um the over under is 48 and a half so we're not doing over under pod directly but i'm not someone who's going to be pushing to like like i might think they they might hit that but i'm looking at this team as a this is not a regular season team this is a team that is i think one of like i think they're almost up there with the nets and bucks in terms of postseason potential sixers to be determined how the ben simmons situation plays out 
Like I'd put the Heat right now third third best prepared for the po- a postseason run, but I would not put them that high in the um in the regular season. That's that's what I'm gonna say. Like this feels like a playoff team for sure. Like for me, I feel comfortable saying they're gonna make the playoffs. As far as how high in the seeding, that's something I can't tell you right now. But looking at it, if you take maybe like their top six seven players, they can match up very well with the top six seven players of your top teams in the East, which is what you want theoretically but you have to survive the regular season first so be interested to see if they do bring someone up or they do bring someone in maybe through i i don't see i don't see a trade but like you brought up free agency bringing one more piece in there and buyouts kind of get, yeah like buyouts. With, with the available minutes of it like there's, there's minutes available on this team for for guys who get bought out like i i would i mean i would love it if the if Rock, the Rockets can figure out this John Wall situation, I've I've seen like the Philadelphia rumors, and some of them are like that they would trade Ben Simmons. And I'm like, you guys don't understand value in the NBA. Ben Simmons and John Wall are not the same value. Like John Wall is only leaving on like basically to go to Cleveland for Kevin Love, or to go to OKC to get bought out. Like, like there's not a lot available for him. And the the with all that being said, like if somehow John Wall got bought out this season and didn't sign with the Heat, I'd be pretty heartbroken. But who knows where he'd want to go when you're talking about a guy who is already getting paid and he's like, well, I, does he want a player? Does he want to just get the chip? And that's the question he'd have to ask himself. Like if he does that, let's just say he gets bought out, and we're talking a healthy John Wall, that would be a solid backup, like to bring in. Well, and you're talking about if John Wall is healthy. And like let's let's say he's like let's just say he's 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 just eighty percent of old John Wall. Just that I think that's a fair thing, just because he, he's still in shape, right? You could theoretically close a game. I know this is like not having a lot of shooting, but you could close a game with Lowry, Wall, Butler, Tucker, and Bam. How do you score? How would you score? Yeah, because John Wall that that was one of the underrated parts. He's a long defender for a guard. And he can really move around the court. And yeah, even in his decreased athleticism stage, 80, like I said, I, I chose eighty percent for a very. That's that's still more athletic than a lot of the league. Um, and so like, and that's not that's not even mentioning you know Victor Oladipo who could theoretically be healthy for the playoffs. And, and like again, all these things are projections and they don't make sense. But like, I want John Wall to be healthy. I want John Wall to be. Um, playing basketball and so I actually was really bummed out I know I talked about it a lot it's like I thought John Wall would be a great like theoretical mentor for like an Evan Mobley if he would have ended up in Houston I still thought he'd be a great mentor for the Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen and Jalen Green um, backcourt I thought he could be a great backup for those guys and like really help them like either one of them, hey Kevin Porter, you work some do small ball stuff. I got the ball handling. Jalen, you do small ball stuff, and then let those two take turns when they share the court, um, with the on ball stuff. But you know maybe the the Rockets just don't have the same like they they don't have they don't have a vision like that. Like I mean I'm not saying it's they're incorrect. I'm they just don't share in how helpful John Wall could be in developing even guards. We know how the Rockets are when it comes to also spending money on players. They don't want to keep a contract like that on the books. You you got well documented, but. I think we should move on to the Atlanta Hawks, the last Southeastern Conference division team to appear in the conference finals. Now, this team, I feel like I feel like they're basically running it back. They decided we're going to keep our main pieces, and they're going to go ahead and run it back. They went 41-31 and 31 last year, 72 games. And I'm pretty sure all three of us picked them to get beat by the Knicks in the first round. I feel like we all did that. No, I, I was... 
pooping all over the Hawks. I I still don't appreciate the Hawks. I don't I, I don't I know that they're a much better team than I thought they were, but I still don't appreciate them because Trey Young. You know I don't like I don't like when he's on my screen. Uh, fair enough. But I will say this, I do appreciate the Hawks, and I mean we talked about some of the players that they have. I mean they brought up Trey Young, Hunter. A Kung Wu is one guy though who on the Hawks I do enjoy. That's when the players on the Hawks I'm just like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna root for this guy because I just appreciate his game a lot. But yeah, the Hawks pretty much they they brought back the same the same lineup. They bring in um and Ethan, correct me if I'm wrong because some of these players I feel like I didn't see him on the Hawks last year. Delon Wright brought him yeah, DeLon in. Delon Wright is a, is an ad. He was on the Kings last year. And then Gorgie Dang, I know they brought him in. Uh, you 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 brought up Sharif Cooper. I believe he's a draft pick from this year. And Jalen Johnson as well, also a draft pick. So they bring in those guys, and they kept everything the same. And for me, I do think they're one of the better. They have a pretty deep roster as well. Like looking at their starting five and then what they bring off the bench, I like bringing Gallinari. And if you decide to start Herder or Hunter, and definitely bring in Lemon Pepper Wings, Lou Williams off the bench, and then you got Cam Reddish there. Like this is a team that for me, I'm like, from top to bottom, I think they have one of the more talented squads. I think they're super deep. Like, when you're talking about a guy like Solomon Hill, who played in the playoffs last year and was not actively bad, and he's, like, maybe the worst player on this 15-man 15, 15 screen, like, that's really good. Like, I would love to have Solomon Hill on the Heat right now. Like, I would. Like, I think, I think I'd think i rather have him play minutes and Casey Ogpala and, and Caleb Martin for the most part. Uh, maybe not for development reasons, but like if I just needed a guy to go out and play, I think I'd still rather have Solomon Hill. Um, I think this team just has so many looks that they can throw at you. I'm looking at Trey Young as the the hub, the engine. He does everything for the offense, and he's really good. Um, if when Trey Young's off, let's say um, Kevin Herter and, and DeAndre Hunter or, or Bogdan are kind of cooking, all right, well we can throw out DeLon Wright as more of like a defensive guard to like just kind of like okay, he can catch and shoot a little bit. But he can he can play pretty good defense on his man. Oh, like no one's cooking. Oh, sick. Lou Williams, go play backup point guard. You you get the offense cooking. And then like you're, you're, that's not even to mention like a guy like Danilo Gallinari who who can do a lot of that facilitation from the high post, coming off screen, shooting threes. Like this team's just deep. They're just deep everywhere. And this like it's it's actually kind of sad that they've got these young players like Sharif Cooper and Jalen Johnson, who I actually don't think have a lot of room to develop on this team because there's so many players. I mean, like, I guess with guys like Danilo, um, Gallinari, and, and, and Lou Williams, Gorgie Jane included as well, because he's sneaky old. Like, those guys will sit, will, should be sitting and resting a little bit here and there. So I would say that's hopefully where Oneka and Kongu, Jalen Johnson, Sharif Cooper can get some minutes. But we st- I haven't mentioned Cam Reddish yet. Like, I'm telling you, this team's deep, Pelican. And I, I, I just looked up the odds. The, the, the odds are only plus 135, so, you know, bet 100, win 135 for the Hawks to win this division. But I would – I am almost going to – I would say it's a guarantee in my mind the Hawks win this division this year. Yeah, they're made they're made for the regular season where all the pieces they can take in and out. And I think you're bringing up Trey Young. One of the things is, like, when Trey Young's off, I think he's one of the best playmakers in the NBA. Like – Trey Young is ridiculously good at setting others up, and that's one thing I appreciate about his game that, yeah, occasionally he gets, he'll start chucking it up, and that annoys me so much when he'll just start throwing everything up. But in a lot of the playoff series that I saw, when he thrived, he was getting everyone involved. He let everyone else cook, and that's what they need to do. And I think you bring back Nate McMillan, who you definitely saw how positive of a coach he was for them. 
I do want to see those young players develop because for me, I mean, you saw the injuries that they faced during the playoffs. I know in the playoffs, the roster shortens, but you saw those injuries they faced. I think, I think some of these young guys we saw come with last year in the playoffs. He did. He had some playing time, but I think some of, and Cam Reddish had some decent, had some decent showings. I think some of these young guys could step up again. It might just be those two again, but I would love to see some of those young guys get more minutes and see what they have. But this is a team that I would expect to at least get to the second round. Like that's where I'm seeing. Like this is a team that I can see. Like all right, getting past for the first round. That's that's expected, and then second round once again with the amount of talent that they have. It just really ma- depends, right? Because there's there's matchup problems up and down the board. We're talking about them being better than the Heat, and I think we're we're probably both in agreement there in terms of regular season. Well, if they they could work really hard, get the three seed, and the Heat are the six. They could work really hard, get the four seed, the Heat are the five, and like I don't think that they would match up well against the Heat for us for the playoffs like i think bam would have his way inside and i think jimmy would bully deandre hunter into submission and good luck sending any of those other wings to guard him like i i I think that would just end up going poorly for the hawks in a playoff series and not to mention if they don't if they're not as successful as we think they might be playing the the nets bucks or i mean 76ers they handled last year like there's other there's other there's plenty of good teams in the east this year and i i i would say you know progress is not linear and just because they made it to the conference finals last year does not mean even the second round is guaranteed or necessarily needs to be expected. It should be their expectation, but I would caution Hawks fans from being too frustrated because again, the Heat, the Heat went to the finals last year and then just got they got a bad matchup play having to play the Bucks again. It's it's not it, it wasn't you know it's not fair like I mean it's but it's, it's what it's what they earned. And with that in mind, that they didn't get out of the first round, they got swept out of the playoffs. A team that went to the finals got swept out of the playoffs. But was I shocked? Sweep? Sure. Getting beat? No. Wasn't shocked at all. And that's how I view it as with this. I kind of feel like these are the two guys. These are the two teams. The Hawks and the Heat to watch in the division. Like, if any of these teams are going to do damage in the playoffs, it can be one of these two teams. I mean, yes, we do have three other teams to talk about. But I think we both agree that these three other teams... Two of them would two of them would be lucky to get back to the playing game, and one of them we know is going to be completely out. Let's be honest. So with these two teams, that's what I'm looking at. And for me, I look at it as you do have Miami, who's younger, and you do expect them. Sorry, Miami who's older, and you do expect them to, like you said, not take it as hard in the regular season. While the Hawks are younger, like yeah, they have some old them old players on there, but you have some key guys who are super young, so they can put their the foot on the pedal and like, all right, we're going to push this and see what we got. And that's why I expect. And, like, they're, and they're deep. They're just yeah. so deep. Like and I that's said. what you need to be a solid regular season team. You either have to have a ridiculously good player who stays healthy the entire time or a good starting five or just be deep, just be completely deep. And that's where I see it as. And this is a fun team. I They're still a fun team. I know you hate watching Trey Young play, but I just don't like looking at him and I hate the foul drawing culture stuff, but yeah. I hope hopefully that's on the way out. I hope maybe the NBA refs take a not a page, but an entire book out of the FIBA refs uh, officiating book and seeing how what happened to all the NBA players who try to who try to bait fouls and we're like, wait a minute, they're not they're not calling these fouls like they were in the NBA. And I enjoy I enjoyed watching those FIBA games come like, oh, the flow was so much better and and the ref is kind of like play on. I'm like, oh, this is so great to watch. Yeah, well, so they're supposed to make a transition like that this season, but we'll see how how well it goes. But like this. With that in mind, if that actually happens, 
Trey Long, Trey Young, and Lou Williams are two of the worst culprits of that stuff. So like, it, it could be, a, it could be a quite the transition. Um, I will say this before we move on, but I think we are ready to move on. Just, just keep an eye on this Atlanta team for a consolidation trade, right? Like, I don't know who necessarily will become available and who would be a perfect fit, but if Oneka Okongwu plays really well in the early season, and let's let's say Clint Capella just is keeping it standard. I, there could be a Clint Capella, Cam Reddish package to like bring in someone who maybe is like a more versatile, you know, more versatile player, someone who like can switch more and stuff. Like I, I'm just pointing that out there, um, as as this team has a lot is already really deep. They could get rid of some of their depth and still be a deep team. I said just keep an eye on them as a consolidation trade, trying to bring in some more talent. Next team that we have is the Charlotte Hornets. This was this was a fun team to watch. I'll say that. Very fun team to watch, and I'm excited again to watch them. Mellow Ball, the rightful Rookie of the Year. Where I know people were like, oh, Anthony Edwards. There was that debate, but I'm like, you guys, let's be serious here. Mellow Ball. And Terry Rozier, at first, I'll admit this, I thought his contract was garbage back when the Hornets signed him two years ago. But looking at it now, it's probably one of the better contracts you have out there on the market. I bet you the Celtics were like, man, I wish we could have kept that guy instead of ever going for Kemba Walker. And Gordon Hayward, you saw, I mean, after having a horrific injury, it kind of gets you back where it needs He finally, You saw him slowly getting back to where he needed to be, where injuries like that take a while. And then you, P.J. Washington, love the young big Mason Plumlee. <sighs> it's like they, they got rid of Cody Zeller. And they brought in Mason Pumley. I'm like, all right, what are we, what are we really doing here? What are we doing? Got to have an Indiana-born big <laughs> on the team. You know, Jordan can't resist them. Jordan just can't resist them. But some of their other, this is where I kind of get iffy. Then, kind of their uh, their second their second wave of players. You have like your Miles Bridges, Kelly Uber. I'm like, okay, these guys aren't bad. I mean, Miles Bridges. I kind of feel like he's a he's like almost like a rim running undersized big. Like that's what he. That that's what he is at this point. Kelly Oubre, if he's hot, he's hot. I I kind of like the upside of one James Booknight. I don't know how you feel about him. Like oh, I like I'm the size. A huge James Book. Like I like the size he brings at the guard position. And Ish Smith is kind of like you brought it up. Like if you if there's gonna be a backup point guard in the league that you want to just like run the point efficiently, set everyone up. Ish Smith is your guy. Like he can get wherever he wants to. And then you have other pieces. You can definitely cover the other pieces over there. Over on your end, but this is a team that I think they can make the playing game again, but they're going to be extremely fun to watch. You want to guess how many teams Ishmith's played for in his career? Nine. Eleven. I was close. I was close. It's pretty good. So here's my thought about this team, and I I, I do wish they had a better center. Um, so, by the way, Hornets, if the Blazers can figure out a way to, uh, like, you know, I've, I've talked about a lot of trades with the Blazers, like one of them being to get Miles Turner in house. One of them to be get Ben Simmons in house. Um, I'll go ahead and say it. If we, if the, if the Blazers acquire a, a center, um, I'll just say you, we'll take, we'll take any one of your, your fun young wings in terms of Ubre, Washington or Bridges for Nurkic at that point. I think, I think that'll work out great. Anyway, there were irrelevant. even talks about the Hornets trying to trade for Miles Turner, by the way, there were some, Oh, he would be a that. great fit as well. But mm-hmm. I theoretically, I'd like him to be the pick and pop guy <laughs> I get for you. Dame. I get you. I get you. Anyway, this is the point I want to make. Um, this team's really fun. They're going to play really fast between Lamelo Ball, Ish Smith, and Terry Rozier. All those guys are going to push the ball a lot. Gordon Hayward, another wing who can grab and go. Kelly Oubre can grab and go. 
Miles Bridges can do a little bit of that as well. PJ Washington's not bad. Like all these guys are just solid NBA players. They're not super deep. They they have a, a iffy ten man rotation, and their center position is garbage. But this this is a lineup I want to mention to you, Elkin here, which could be really fun and and really interesting. Is the all six 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 seven lineup uh, and of uh, PJ Washington, Bridges, Ubre, Hayward, and Ball. A team that could shoot pretty well, theoretically can switch everywhere, but Lonzo Ball, or not Lonzo, LaMelo Ball. Like, I'm looking at that as, like, a, a very fun and theoretically really good lineup that could get up and down the court. I would say, on I the think fast break, rebound. on the fast break, that will be a fun team on the fast break. LaMelo exactly. Ball will have, he will have a feast. Yeah, and so I, I think that's just the greater point I have. Is like, this team, while it does not have a traditional, like, t- up to 10 players that I think should always get, like, should have entitled NBA minutes – they can they can work a lot of creative lineups with with I would say about the, the eight and a half deep that they actually are because I, I don't know if I can give Kai Jones or Booknight even a half a person in general I'd give Ubre Bridges and Ish Smith off the bench theoretically um a full thing you know and I, I was just kind of thinking about this I think PJ Washington started some games at center last year they might start him at center again this year and have Miles Bridges at, at the starting power forward. Like, I just think it's one of those teams that is is very futuristic looking, aside from Mason Plumley. And I would say take notes, NBA, on how this goes, because there's there's are a lot of teams that are, are going bigger with like more traditional guys, like a Clint Capella, like we talked about him earlier. Like there's there's teams that are, are ahead of them that have a more traditional big, but like I'm looking at lineups with this team that that's gonna look very, very interesting um with how and where basketball could be going. Yeah, and that's – I want to see – I know for me, I'm interested to see how LaMelo develops. I want to see how he keeps developing because for me, I felt like as the year went on, he got more comfortable getting into the lane, finishing. And his three-point shot, I felt like he was getting more comfortable with that. And I am and I really want to see also Gordon Haywood. I know he's not going to ever be what he was on the Jazz, but if he, if he goes back to like playmaking Hayward like he was before, a slasher, this is a team that – they could probably go for, really, for me, I feel like they, they need to go for a few good drafts. They could probably go for that, get some top picks. I know they're not going to tank. This is a team that definitely could use a little bit more talent. Like, if they can get, like, two real – this is a team that, for me, if they can get, like, two superstars, it will be – you'll be on your way to a championship team because you have some very good guys who will be good role players on the championship team. Yeah, but that's I mean, the problem. You, you have role players that would be good role players championship team, but you don't have guys would be the main guy on the championship team. Yeah, you, I mean, so you 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 got you got the you got good bones is what this team has. Like they got they got the spot. They're in the right spot to develop. And I I like where Gordon Hay how Gordon Hayward played last year. He only played about he played a little less than ha- a little more than half the games. Forty four out of seventy two. Like if, if if he's just getting to the point where he can play get back, like he was he was a durable player before the horrible injury. He really was. And then he's played 72, 52 out of whatever that, that shortened season was, and 44 out of um, out of 72. So, like, as much as we know, like, he has not been healthy, like, it hasn't been absurd is the way I'll phrase it. Like, he's he's been the kind of guy who he's just not been what we want Gordon Hayward to be. And I think adjusting what we think he should be might make us all a lot happier. Because uh, he, he – Elkin, he scored 20, almost 20 points per game last year, four assists, not a high turnover player, and shot 41% from three. That's a good NBA player. Like, Yeah, that's pretty solid. We, we, 
we, we we can come we can pull up a Harrison Barnes page right now and when everyone's talking about how much better Harrison Barnes is getting how Harrison Barnes need to be on a better team than the Kings last year and when I when I tell you this Elkin believe me Harrison Barnes is not not quite as good as Gordon Hayward but he's really good and that's that's the point but because because Harrison Barnes was a joke of a finals when he had a, a really bad stretch no one's gonna, no one expects him to be you know a franchise leader. Gordon Hayward was good enough to be a franchise leader at one point. And just understanding where he's at now is where we kind of got to get our brains to. Because he played really well last year. And if he's if he's just playing 70 games of that level, his contract's justified in my opinion. LaMelo's going to develop next to him. I really like this team. I said, they just don't have... I don't think they have even... Like, I just... Mason Plumley. Like, I mean, he's fine. He's a, he's a replacement level center. Kai Jones should be fun. Vernon Carey's bad. JT Thor should be fun. Jim McDaniels is fun. I'm like, it's a fun team. Let's hope. I hope they're a good team. All right. And let's move on to the final two teams. First one, Washington Wizards, the recipients of the Lakers haul from the Russell Westbrook trade. Now, this is a team. Bradley Beal still on the team. This is a guy that I thought might have a chance to get traded. I even thought he was a candidate to get traded to the Heat. At one point, I was like, "This this could get interesting." He don't have anything to trade. I just and want to the, remind everyone of that. And that's that's what I kept seeing. But they brought in guys like Spencer Dinwiddie, Aaron Holiday, Kyle Kuzma, Contavious Caldwell Pope, Montrez Harold, drafting Corey Kisper, Cassius Winston. Was he also drafted? From he this was year? drafted last year. Last year, that's what I thought. Yeah, I think he's still on a two-way contract. Okay, but yeah, bringing in those guys this is a team that has a lot of new pieces. So for me, I I kind of expect them to take a little bit of step back while trying to figure out these pieces. And you're still going to have your Bradley Beal doing his thing. And you do have, for me, they have better depth. I'll tell you that. But this is a team, I don't know, it just feels like they're ready to take a step back. The thing about the Wizards is they don't have that guy who, even when he's playing poorly, um, is going to just be driving a win here and there against other bad teams, right? Like The, the Wizards aren't a good team. But I, I personally like how this team will play basketball a lot more now that Westbrook will be off this team, and that's that comes as to no shock from anyone ever. Um, I actually, before the Kyle Lowry thing became so clear that he were already going to do that, I was definitely I was in the camp of we need to figure out a way to get Spencer Dimwitty. I liked his size, I liked his ability to shoot like off the uh, off a catch and shoot, which playing with Jimmy and Bam I thought would would happen a lot. Um, I was really excited to see what Spencer Dimley could do and the fact that he's younger. I know he's had some health concerns, but I, I've, I, I was really ready to go in with Spencer Dimwitty. And then Kyle Lowry became the obvious what was going to happen. So I was like, well, now I'm just going to, I'm going to sell myself on Kyle Lowry because that's what's happening. I'm a Heat fan. As much as I still try to be an analyst, an analyst, I said, I'm, I'm a Heat fan. So got got to get it on it because it's happening. But I kind of like this team. I, like they're they're missing a, a three. Like all the guys in their three spot aren't really threes. Corey Kisper, I have him labeled as a two guard just because that's how how the the box score or the uh, the depth chart's coming out. Um, Thomas Bryant, he's back, but he's not going to be back till like December with his ACL recovery. Elk, at the end of the day, this team's defense is still going to be really stinky. I'm looking at KCP, Dimwitty, Gafford as like the only guys who are like competent. Denny of D as well, but none of those guys are like gonna like cover for anyone else those guys kind of just keep from getting themselves looking horrible um 
and so this is going to be a bad defensive team. I guess Kuzma, he was a good defender last year. I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to not give Kuzma credit. Um, but this team's bad. Bradley Beal is going to score a lot of points. They're going to have a lot of frustrating nights. They're, they got some theoretically high energy players with Harrell and I know Gafford's high energy, but honestly, like th- there's not a lot of shooting here. We're talking about you know KCP, Corey Kispert, and Bertans as like the only like legit elite shooters, and like KCP's like he kind of comes comes and goes. Bradley Beal hasn't actually been an elite shooter for three seasons now. He just takes a lot of them. It's fine. He's still efficient, but this team's not good. It'll be interesting to see if Bradley Beal is on the move or if he signs his extension. If he signs an extension, guess where he's not going? On the move. I I feel like I know he's been a guy who's been like want to be in Washington, but I can see, and I think you guys brought it up. I can see him being a part of a three-team trade with Ben Simmons. You got brought it up in the in the last pod. Like I can see like him, Ben Simmons, and McCollum. Something happening with those three and those everyone getting shifted around. Well, it's like, like the reason I brought that up in the last pause, because I, th- I think the wizards, if they make a trade, they, they don't want, they don't want to go full rebuild. Like, I feel like they're higher on some of their pieces they have in house, which is why they got a guy like Spencer Dim. Like they went through like some hoops to get a hold of Spencer Dimwitty, Right. I, I think, I think they have faith in their teams. Like if, if they were to get rid of Bradley Beal, obviously you get Ben Simmons back and that's, that's incredible. Um, but, I I don't I I think I think the the problem with the the three team trade is I I don't think I don't think that the the Blazers would be as high on having Denny of Dia, Bertans, Hachimura in house as I would be, but I I want Ben Simmons or I want T.J. Warren and and Turner. I've said that for the Blazers for a long time at this point. I I think the, only, the 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 last thing I want to mention with this team is it just just watch Denny of Dia and Corey Kisper specifically those guys are a couple of guys who Denny of Dia I, I I would like to think someday can be like a secondary secondary uh, hub of an offense playing from the four spot and be a solid defender Kispert I'm just just hoping he can do like the Duncan Robinson thing but do it from day one not have to be a development project because um, he's he's not old like Duncan was when he made his debut but he he is an old older player because he did i think he did spend all four years at gonzaga so i don't have anything like i'm not super high on aaron holiday neto or winston so like not really a backup guard that i'm stoked about just those guys are all fine yeah i i think this team is this one that i will not be tuning into as often as um like at least at least russ is gone but it's really it's for me it's just beal Gafford and Dimwitty and Denny. Like that's that's the only thing that like really worth worth watching. Yeah, you're probably not gonna tune into the next team, the last division team that we're gonna talk about. Go ahead and bring us on in with the last team of the southeastern division. Uh, we got the Orlando Magic, 21 and 51 last year. Their over under for the coming season is 22 and a half. Really, just the 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 thing to take away here is they drafted Jalen Suggs. Jonathan Isaac will be back at some point this season. They brought in the uh, the post hook god Robin Lopez. And honestly, um, some, even though they drafted Franz Wagner, they somehow still have no like traditional threes. Um, it's this is a team Elkin that I, even though I agree that they're a team I won't like probably seek out. When they come across my TV, I think I'll be excited to see if Markel Fultz when he gets gets back from his injury, continue to watch him develop is something I'll be interested in. R.J. Hampton, same concept. 
excited to see if he can, you know, grab some of that potential that uh, a lot of us saw when he ended up going overseas um, for his, like, you know, freshman year, as it were. Gary Harris, I think, is an interesting piece because he's an expiring contract. And if he can regain some of his shooting touch, I think he would be a valuable add at the deadline. The Magic would probably be happy to send him on his way. Um, and then Chume Okiki, you know, rookie, drafted two years ago, rookie last year. He he showed some flashes of being a really good shooter and a solid defender. Like I think this team has plenty of development stories to watch, not to mention Wendell Carter and Mobamba, draft picks like taken right before and after each other. There's a lot going on with this this little this little bucket of us nasty the magic have found themselves but i think there's 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 a there's a diamond in the rough on this team it i mean like the team's bad we know Jalen sugg should be fun should be good and i think there's another one in there somewhere i'm just not sure who it will be yeah i'm just could be uh could be your boy cole anthony you never know could be i didn't even mention him but <laughs> i don't think i'm not a, i think you're not too heartbroken on that one yeah this is a team that should be trying to figure out a way to tank probably this is a this is a team where i'm just like there's why would we say this about the magic these have a bunch of guys they never have just one guy you're like yeah let's build around him besides like dwight howard way back in the mid 2000s early 2010s it's just been like that i mean it's just they they haven't had that one pick that's super high right like they got and this one they they weren't set up to get Jalen Suggs. They were set up to get Scotty Barnes, another another one, a guy who I'd say was going to have a good NBA career, but is another one of those. He's build, he's a building block, but he's not a, a star. And Jalen Suggs, I think, has some star potential. So it's kind of nice that they theoretically got that you know top tier pick, um, even if it was kind of like because he slid to him. But yeah, like they they just picked sixth for a million years. So they they get guys like Mo Bamba, they get guys like Aaron Gordon, they get guys like Jonathan Isaac, all who have a lot of potential, just all have, have had flaws. Jonathan Isaac doesn't stay healthy. Aaron Gordon couldn't shoot or dribble well enough to like you know build out his full game. Mo Bamba is just all limbs, legs and arms. It's just what else are you gonna what are you gonna do with him? Um, this is where you're at, and I don't know. If, I don't know. If, if Orlando is just a team that never like commits fully to the tank or not, but I think they are this year. Yeah, I mean, as they should, but I think that brings us to the end of a Southeast division right there. Yeah, I, I can't think of anything else. I guess it's kind of cool that Franz and Mo were on the same team, the Wagner brothers. Got the Wagner brothers together. I think that's about it. Oh, did did you mention Gary Harris? I, I did. Like, I mentioned I like that. Did. I mentioned that he would be a deadline guy if his shot comes yeah. back. I thought I thought he was going to be a guy who wouldn't stay on the Magic for too long. I thought he was going to ask to get bought out, but it didn't seem like he did. The thing is, there's no re- like I think there's plenty of teams that would trade for Gary Harris, whether just to get his bird rights for the next year, like if it's a team that's kind of guard deficient, especially defensive guard deficient, or a team that like legitimately he's an expiring contract. You can you can trade for him with if you have any bad salary. The Magic won't need a lot for him, but they'll want something. And you know they get a second round pick or a, or a late first if you're like a team like you know like, I, I just throw them out there. Let's say like the Bucks or like a, a, whatever else that has oh we have a nice little overpaid backup center. Let's let's get Gary Harris and make it happen. Like let's have a, a more versatile two three. Like I I don't know who that is right now. I haven't looked, but I I just look at I just look at that as something that 
I would have interest in as a guy who, when he came back in that Jazz series in the bubble, changed the defensive nature of that series. And I, I don't think guard defense matters as much as like having someone to protect the rim at, at the last point. But it definitely is important for if you don't have a, if you don't have any bigs, you kind of got to have someone to slow them down. I was gonna say like if you can get a healthy Gary Harris there to the Bucks, man. I know, I know, I know, I know. You throw out a team. I know you throw out a team. But that'll be that'll be fun to watch. That'll be fun to watch Gary Harrison, Drew Holiday out there on the wing. Well, and I, you think about a team like the Celtics too, where you're like, like they they have they've had so many picks for so long. Like so, at some point, like they should have been consolidating these picks for like just little rentals, right? But Danny Ainge was always too scared to like give up any assets. It's like you got too many picks. You know, you got at some point you got to kind of be willing to to move them for something. And for me, if I had a, a, a boatload of picks, if I'm, I mean, OKC is not really a great example because they are super rebuilding. But if if I'm like if I was OKC and like, let's say they were they were about to make the jump, then I'm consolidating picks. Bring me in all the rentals. Let me see if they're good. I'll pay them if they're good. Like picks don't have to be rookies. They can be fourth year players and fifth year players that also still have a lot to learn and grow in the NBA. Yeah. I think, you know, people just love a draft pick, even if it might be nothing, especially when you're the Celtics and you literally didn't have space to draft people. I'll take Gerson, Gerson Yabusele because we don't have any roster spots. <laughs> That's where you get in trouble. But dating age is out of my life for now. <laughs>